Welcome to Entropy Rising, a real play 4E D&D podcast, the international branch of LTM Gaming. Boothel arrives and he's, he's looking, like I said, like very much cleaner. He's always seemed very like old and grizzled to you, but in these clothes and having been cleaned up, you see that he is, you know, he's just, gr- he's, just grizzled. He's, he's no, he's he's a uh, not not striking, but he is not hard on the eyes, and uh, he's more middle aged. He's not <laughs> as old as you had antis- as you thought of him. He's totally fuckable. I'd give him a five. <laughs> Did they use just for dwarves uh, hair dye? <laughs> <laughs> just for dwarves. Does he seem at all uh, nervous or? Like he, you said he was more okay now that we're in like the open area, but we're still in rooms and stuff. I don't know. Like, does he show any evidence of being of his um, phobia? His phobia hasn't been acting up. Now that could have been because he went from like hearing about his father to hearing about his mother to visiting with his mother, like just generally looking like crap. And now he's been all washed up, and so he looks like a new man, basically. So it's a little bit difficult to get a read on uh, whether he seems terribly bothered right now by it. So he shows up and says that he is ready to go and asks if you are all ready as well. Mm-hmm. I think we are. Mm-hmm. Good. I am still carrying my staff with me. I assume that... Kafan isn't getting rid of his axe, so... He can't. I don't think he can. No. He could. He, have, well, he could chop his arm use off. Use the axe on his hand? Yeah. No. You could... We're in a place that have... I mean, like a hacksaw? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in a place of forgers, and well, like, that's what they do. Presumably, I don't know how, what TJ... You know, it's up to TJ, whatever he wants it to be, but... I mean, this is your backstory character thing, so this is more or less on you. <laughs> well, I mean, I would just say that it's, like, probably magically sealed on him. Like, there's no seam or keyhole or anything, so it might be tougher to actually break than your average manacle. I didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> I'm just saying it could be done. Okay. All we have to do is steal Moradin's hammer... <laughs> Mm-hmm. From the god himself. Mm-hmm. Then use it to break the lock. Or your wrist. Either way. I, I suggest Probably tapping both. him on the right shoulder and taking the hammer out of his left hand <laughs> almost simultaneously. <laughs> so, Boothel leads you back down through the artisan level, through the farmer level, through the miner level, then down to a sort of small sub-level. There aren't really buildings here. These are more like statues. So it's sort of like a park, but without the trees. And uh, there is a small ravine that you use a bridge to cross over. And uh, on the other side of the bridge stands the door to the temple. So the five of us cross, and the doors are wide open. Uh, As you walk in, Two clerics step forward. There is a younger one who looks very muscular, and an older one 
who looks like he may have once been very muscular, but is less so now. Maybe he's more of like a pot-bellied guy. As they see you walk in, first they are surprised when they say when they see Boothel. Um, their recognition is a little bit more immediate than even some of the people who saw him on the artisan level. However, then they see that the prisoner, Gardain, is with you and are immensely surprised. The older dwarf says, Boothel, when did you return? And uh, he, he, you know, tells of how you all traveled and came in through the secret entrance and only just arrived earlier today. And uh, then he says, well, and, and what are you doing? How, how did you come to have possession of Gardane? And so Boothel explains. Actually, at, at, at that question, Boothel says, well, perhaps I should let this young lady explain. And gestures for Gwen to speak. Uh, we were, as we were traveling to bring uh, Boothel back here, uh, part of our arrangement for our transport was to bring this prisoner to you as well. And he was left in our care. Well, I suppose, yes, this is this is wonderful. Perhaps now we'll be able to find the items that he took. Brother Vance. Yes, Brother Stannis. Take this man to a cell. You may remove the block on him, however, ensure that there is a uh, ward and a warning outside his door. Yes, Brother Stannis. And the muscular dwarf takes Gardane from you and uh, leads him away. Okay. Uh, I think I have to give him the... Was it a necklace or something? Or Yes. Yeah. I will give that to them and say, we now transfer him to your facility. Thank you for ensuring he arrived. Please come with me. And so he will lead you in a different direction. So Vance maybe went to the left as you walked into the temple, into like a side area. Stannis is leading you to the right. There are large doors that are straight ahead. Those doors are closed right now. He leads you into a small little office and says, would you prefer a banknote or would you prefer the coins? Were we ever given any indication of how much? <laughs> I don't no. think so. <laughs> no? Okay. You just pull the lever and you see if you get three cherries. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Are you going to stand inside the booth and it's however much you could catch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. And with, with coins, it's going to hurt. Right. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, they turn on the big fan to get to blow around. Uh, I believe in our case, the uh, the banknote may be easier to travel with. Very well. This should be valid at any area that does frequent trade. They know that it can. It would be good at when they come to our trading village. I guess that's something I'd... Would I have any knowledge of... <laughs> would you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, from our trading and everything, would we know that the dwarves... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're good for it. Yeah. 
You would yeah. definitely know They're that, good like, you. you might have to go to, like, a specific place in a town, but, like, there is a place where if you have a hundred or three hundred or thousand or whatever kind of note from a particular region, that there is a place that will verify it using some methodology and will trade it straight up for value. So, so you've requested a note. So he says... I am happy to oblige. It'll just be one moment. Uh, he gets out a uh, sheet of metal. Imagine like a business check, like, you know, a little bit wider, a little bit taller than a standard like checkbook check. And he gets out... But not out, like Publishers Clearinghouse? <laughs> he gets out a set of uh, metal stamps and a hammer. And uh, he places a particular stamp down and hammers it strongly once, and then gets another hammer or another stamp, hammers it down strongly once, slides it over, and hammers it down again. And then he takes a awl and punches a hole or a divot into the metal and then takes a tiny knife and cuts his finger and puts the finger into the hole, or up against the hole so that the blood will go into it. Pulls his finger away, sucks on it for a second, grabs a piece of gauze and holds it to his finger, and then gets a uh, piece of beeswax, holds it to one of the candles that's nearby, waits for it to start to drip and then puts a drip over the blood and then hands it to you and you can see that it was already engraved to say uh you know Morden's church in common and there's also some dwarven script and some elven script as well and he has engraved it to be worth 100 gold the dwarven characters read you accept this blood money the, the the Dwarven characters, if you could read it, would say Morden's Church. No, not in Morden's Beard We Trust. <laughs> no. So, he says, thank you for doing this duty for us. Would Is that like, uh, I mean, how much is money worth? One gold's about like I don't care. Fan really doesn't care, but I'm just curious. Like, does this seem like we're doing this more for charity than the you know? I don't know. Like, is a hundred gold a pittance? Yeah. No, like this seems like a certainly reasonable amount. Like, do you remember how much gold you had? Do you know how much gold you have right now? Because uh, <clears throat> I feel I, like you don't. I had- like I had 10. about 10 left. Yeah, something like I was going to say, I feel like I more than doubled each of your money with this one thing, was my thought. Yeah, I have 14. Like, I think that when I told you, like, if you wanted to take a boat from Sasa to here, I said you guys probably wouldn't have enough money or you would only just barely have enough money. So, like, this more than would have covered, like, a, a round trip, you know, back okay. and forth, and then you still would have had money to be left over so plus i don't think our characters really care about monetary no that's and, what i said i mean i yeah, doesn't really i'm just curious is are we like getting ripped off and we just don't mm-hmm. care or 
Is it Does an it actual like, reasonable yeah. amount of money to give somebody for this job? I don't know. Just kind of curious. This uh, this this certainly seems reasonable compensation. Or maybe the only reason Kafan would care would be to know their sort of. Uh, it would reflect on their like what honesty or. Uh, yeah, that too. How important was it to get guy. this guy back? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to ask, like, not that it really matters. We never were really told what his crime was. You said something about missing items? Ah, yes. Well, within the Church of Moradin, well, as you can imagine, dwarves are known for their smithing abilities. It is the job of many of Moradin's clerics to bless the weapons and armor and all creations that are made within this mountain and every so often one item is blessed more strongly than another and is granted power and some are granted exceptional power so basically what he was explaining was like doors make magic weapons exactly the church is responsible for making magic weapons but he's not attributing it to like component cost or time required. He's basically saying, like, we pray and Moradin chooses to bless things to certain degrees, is the way he's explaining it. And so um, he said, Mommy, where do magic swords come from? Moradin sneezes, and we say, bless you, and now it is magic. And so uh, in the last couple hundred years, a particularly distasteful sect of the church uh, it is very small we like to think that we prune the tree has decided that it is insufficient to or, or rather it is blas- they've decided that it is blasphemous to make these weapons with the current techniques both the techniques of the smiths and the techniques of the clerics they believe that the only true magical items, blessed items, holy items, uh, come from the ancient days when it is said that the blessings came only if Morden himself appeared and blessed an item. And their way of enforcing their view is to take the some of our more powerful items that belong to the church but that do not fit the ancient category the ones that they that we believe Morden himself had a hand in the creation of and they take those items and destroy them or remove them saying that it is blasphemous to have them this man stole eight such items. He stole several over a period of months. However, when he discovered that we were getting close to determining who the culprit was, he stole the last three in a grand escapade and managed to escape. We believe that it was our clerics in Sasa who were able to finally capture him. But when they did, 
uh, it was not clear what happened to any of the items. We're hoping that now that we have him, we can have him reveal their location to us. I see. Yes. But we wish you luck with that. Thank you. If you'll pardon me, the uh, family visitation of Boothel's father will be starting in a few minutes. And I need to see to a couple items before that begins. I understand. Uh, uh, Boothel, will I see you there? Yes. Very well. Then uh, to the rest of you, uh, I appreciate your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Boothel, if you don't need us any longer, I believe we'll retire back to the quarters. Yes, I will I will find you when I'm finished here. Okay, we will see you then. Okay. If you guys want to do anything, you can. If not, we'll jump to Boothel's return. Is it, is it bad form to set up the <laughs> the makeshift campfire in a room? Probably. You could you could certainly set it up in like one of the fireplaces. Like there are places that are designed to hold the fire. I just think it'd be funny, like in the middle of a room. my hobo style of living everywhere I go. <laughs> What's up? Why is there? Why is your bed on fire? It's an experiment. Anyway, uh, I think yes, I'm in. I'm fine with fast forwarding until Boothill shows up, or till something else needs to happen. Okay, you guys return. If you choose to have dinner, you can. Boothill arrives later in the evening. He looks fairly exhausted and indicates that tomorrow there will be a viewing of his father for the public. And uh, if you would like to show your respects, you could certainly do so then. I think we, we will at least stay through that. Very good. Then I apologize, but... This day has done quite a bit to me. I am going to retire to my quarters. I will see you in the morning. Have a good evening, Boothel. You as well, Gwen. Aerith's like, he didn't think that we wanted to have a good night. Fuck a fan. Guess not. So, the night passes, and the next morning, Gwen is awoken at maybe like uh, 6.30. How can we tell if we're in a cave? I will say that because you're in the fancy room, there's a clock in your room. So so that's how you know. Okay. And actually, I would say that uh, most of the guest rooms have clocks just for that very reason. Like, these are visitor rooms, and visitors aren't used to being able to just naturally tell the time of day and without the sun overhead to, or the, you know, moon or stars or whatever to help at various other times. They just figure, eh, we'll provide the greenhorns with clocks. Easier than so always answering what time it is. Do dwarves have that, have that cultural thing where, like, if I admire something of theirs, they'll give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Anyways, she's walking around six or six thirty with the to the sound of the door opening, and you are in the bedroom. It's your your complimentary uh, manservant, mm-hmm. or ninja assassin. <laughs> complimentary ninja. <laughs> Singing telegram. You're in the bedroom, and you may or may not have closed the door, um, but that's not the door that's opening. It's the door in from the hallway. Did they give me my throwing star on my pillow before bed? <laughs> you uh, hear the rustle of paper, and then you hear the door close. I was just be checking on you. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> I guess I'll get up and investigate. I'm assuming it's the dress, but... You assumed correctly. There is a brown paper package, and inside is the dress. Okay, so uh, a little bit later, uh, every everybody starts to awaken. Just you know, your bodies are naturally used to getting up early, so even without the sun, you still don't sleep in too late. Do we know what time the uh, viewing is? You do not. Because uh, I guess Boozle simply stated, just said it's going to be tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I suppose I will ring and see who appears. Ring, ring, and uh, Ruby appears. Okay. I'll Hello. Ask, I'll ask Ruby, uh, do you know what time the, the viewing is set for? Or what time we need to be prepared? I believe that it runs all day. It should be starting in about two or three more hours. Okay. And I'll just ask for something kind of light for breakfast. Um uh, if she doesn't mind bringing it, and she can check with the others if they require anything. Something light, certainly. I'll check in with the others. Knock, knock, knock on Kavan's door. Hello? Would you care for some breakfast? Yes. Miss Gwen has requested something light. Do you have any requests? I require food and something to drink. Okay. Preferably water. Okay. <laughs> Crosses off rat juice on the thing and writes water. She yells back, hold the rat juice. <laughs> Goes to the other door. Knock, knock, knock. Is rat juice like what you get when you wring out a dead rat? Or is yes. it like mat rat milk? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's when you wring out I a rat. I'm not sure which one is worse. <laughs> Do you look at Yep, it's pure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's some good rat juice. So, knock, knock, knock on Eris' door. Room service! <laughs> want me for a pillow? The, I, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> I'll answer the door. Here to fix the cable. <laughs> I hear you ordered a pizza. Room service! Want me to jack you off? Well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Good lord, yeah, lady. Okay, okay seriously, if, if if someone came to Aerith's room and just offered, you'd be like, wow, that's really polite of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I would like that. <laughs> then I'd be like, I don't want Kafan to feel bad, so don't go ask for that on his door. <laughs> okay, so, does she, I knocked, she knocked, I said I went to the door. I'm getting breakfast for your friends. Would you care for some? No, thank you. Okay. She turns and 
walks down the hallway. Okay. Okay. After uh, after he has some breakfast, I was gonna go and attempt to use the bath without boiling myself. Okay. Uh, it doesn't take too terribly long for uh, for her to return with food for both of you. For Gwen, there's basically like ye old scrambled eggs <laughs> and uh, toast. And for Kafan, uh, there's a hard-boiled egg, which is cold. There is... When you say it was ye old, you mean just like plain, it's just like scrambled eggs? Or are you saying right, like, it's, it's just scrambled like eggs. They're, but... they're old eggs and they smell bad? And... <laughs> no, not that. Do you know ye is actually pronounced the... Keep your library talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fan. <laughs> So, hard Hell, boiled. If I eggs, wanted some school, and I'd have gone to school. It's now <laughs> cold, and uh, some oatmeal, and uh, some sausage. Is it goat sausage? You won't know until you take a bite, or until you ask. It could rat be rat sausage. Brad <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm, sausage. There's also a pitcher and a glass. Pitcher of water and a glass. I will eat it. You will what? Eat it. Eat the pitcher? Eat the food. Oh, okay. And the water. Then... I will have my toast, but I will refrain from using the ghost pepper jelly. Who who said anything about a ghost pepper? <laughs> no one. I saw that it was on sale on uh, Think Geek. They had a thing where it was, it's ghost pepper jelly. I almost thought I'm about trying. buying some for Paul. I'm trying to remember if I saw that. I definitely saw the uh, ghost pepper hot balls, like hard candies, mm-hmm. like suckers. Blech. So dwarves have a very spicy palate. No. Why? Why not? They live in a fire mountain. You'd think they'd like, like, <laughs> volcano tacos. and yeah, They got enough heat on the outside. They don't like it on the inside, too. Mm-hmm. No one likes to visit they, the outhouses. They think that, they think that ketchup is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Mormons. <laughs> Ketchup is the devil's condiment. <laughs> it's a gateway sauce. Well, there go all the Mormon listeners. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this episode brought to you by this week's sponsor. Sorry, Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will slowly alienate everyone, I'm sure. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we're, we're equal opportunity offenders, though, so... Yeah. Right. We're here to alienate everyone. We hate white nerds. <laughs> I hate them so much. <laughs> They're the worst. So, Gwen successfully manages to take a bath without burning herself alive. Yay. Hmm. Or even cooking herself in any way. Are either of the other... Yes. Bathing? Yes. Okay. Mm, unsure. <laughs> I'll probably do it. I always yeah. smell like I mm-hmm. just came out of a grave. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's a little worse today. I should probably be. So, okay. You all wash up. This is basically indoor plumbing, which you've never seen before. Maybe Kafan has, like, in a past life. But, like, indoor plumbing is not a thing 
in, like, other cities. So, like, the fact that you can just, like, drain away the water and then, like, fill it again is pretty amazing. So Aerith spends two hours doing that. <laughs> filling the tub. Water it, goes up. Filling the tub. Water goes down. Water up goes the up. hole, down the hole. Shortly after you finish, Boothle shows up and offers to escort you. He says, although I welcome you to pay your respects and the clerics won't forbid you from coming uh your association with milady is not looked favorably upon and so they would ask that you just come early before it gets overly crowded all right i don't want to really like spend too much time on what he's wearing but i'm kind of curious if he's like if he changes like, yesterday he was still wearing, when he came back, he was still wearing, like, his Raven Queen duds. Has he changed out of that? Well, so, what I what I said was that um, when he came back from visiting his mother, he was still wearing, like, all of his basic stuff. But when he came back from, like, taking a bath, and, like, at that point, when he looked like he had been, like, all fancied up, he yeah. was wearing different clothing then. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, no, it's Okay. Uh, he was wearing sort of like... No. No, it's not. <laughs> a uh, a brown and copperish set of clothing. Today, he's wearing a different outfit, but with the same colors in it. It's a copper and brown one? Yeah, those those same colors. <laughs> the, inver- the inverted. I got it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're with you. Uh, if you guys are ready... He will lead you down. We will follow him down. Then he will lead you into the area to view his father. As much as you might expect, he does look similar to Boothal. His hair is much, much uh, whiter. Obviously, his face is wrinkled, but a lot of the same. You know, the cut of the hair, the the pattern of it on his face, like how it fills him. All that stuff is the same. They have the same nose. Uh, You certainly can step up and say what you would like. When you are done doing that, Boothal will call you over to the side because even though it's early and there are not a lot of people here, there are some people that are coming there were some there when you that you had to wait for before you could step up and there's others waiting behind you now uh Boothel signals for you to come over and says it is our family's obligation to receive all the visitors today I would ask that you stay nearby You're welcome to wander the city. You're also welcome to go up to the keep. Um, I just ask that you don't leave. Is he saying don't leave the city or don't leave the mountain? He said don't leave. You can ask what the implication is if you'd like. He already told us not to stay at the ceremony, right? 
He basically, yeah, yeah. What he said is the the that Morden's priests would not look favorably on you, like right. staying in the temple for overly long. So I'm assuming he doesn't mean stay there. Correct. So yeah, then yeah. Right, uh, Kefan will. It's probably I don't know if it would be welcomed or what would happen, but Kefan will like say a Raven Queen prayer over the body as we're viewing it. Okay. So during visitation, you do that, and then afterwards, when Boothol uh, asks you guys to stay, do you agree? Do you question him? No. Do you say, screw you, we're gone? No, I'll agree to stay, because... Dang, I was really hoping for the screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I kind of see how... From what I've seen of how the process works, it's... Basically, we we get communication of where we're supposed to go next. I don't think we just wander on our own all that much. Okay. Unless the others have had other experience, but... I've seen all of, like, two ravens, three ravens, so... Well, that's all I've seen, and every day we have to go do some things. I mean, like I said, my only experience is that's how it works. Maybe Aerith knows something. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Or he's not sharing. What do you mean? Or it's our fate to be here. Uh, Would there be, like, a, a library or something here that... I was going to be curious to see if I could look up any information on my mother's family if if they come from here. I thought, I don't remember if we decided if they came from a different area, but... You never decided. Okay. Alright, I would I would pose that we do Hand of Fate. So, Matt, just to remind you... Where do we get to ask? Three questions. Possible courses of action. Okay. So, just as a group, if we do come up with the questions ahead of time... I can then ask them. Okay. I would think an easy one, basically that what they're yes or no kind of questions. Um, or was it kind of a, like, it's basically like a this or that kind no, of thing? No, no, it is, it, it, will, it will give us, the three questions can be whatever they we basically want them to be, but I think yes or no is probably better, mm-hmm. but then it'll just tell us which one of the three is the best of those three options. Well, they it's going to be a suck. hand. They could all be great. Yeah, it's it's a hand, it's a thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> so I guess something along the lines of, what, should we stay? Should we go? Should we stay with Boothal? Sure. Or those are stay. I mean, going I think implies that we don't go with Boothal, but mm-hmm. so stay, go, uh, explore like, the city. Is there going to be a clash here? Is the Clash going to be here? Like, are mm-hmm. they playing? Are they rocking the Casbah? <laughs> mm. Should I stay or should I go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if if we go, there will be trouble. Yeah. Shut up. But if, if we, we stay, stay there, there will be shut double. Up. Shut up. <laughs> God, I believe you. Don't shut up. <laughs> but you got to let me know. <laughs> Matt, next time. So what's going on? We're playing with matches outside. <laughs> now we're trying to decide uh, we're using Eris, uh power, but we're trying to decide what our questions are. Where are you having this discussion? 
on the walk back to our rooms. Okay. Or I guess, how often do you get to do this? Once a day? Mm-hmm. Is that once every 24-hour period or once every extended rest? Mm-hmm. <laughs> once, once per day, okay? Don't ask the DM. <laughs> Why am I asking the DM? Oh, okay then. Good. Leave me the hell alone. I'm going to say it's once every 24 hours. I can do it as much as I want, but if I do it more than... I get it for free once a day. Yeah. So I could just so doesn't it cost really... like 100 gold to do it or something? 175. Uh, 175. Oh, no, no. Wait, Wait. No. Oh, no, that's that the market price. The component yeah, cost 70. is just 70. So you could just set up in the town somewhere and be like, I'll do this thing for you for 175 gold a pop. Right. You're like, yeah, and make money. For the glory of the Raven Queen. Mm-hmm. All hail the Raven Queen. <laughs> All hail the Raven Queen. I would just buy the barrel of stay with your Monkeys? wife fortune cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so, stay, go, third option. Can you say how it works? Like, you ask a question. Is it going to answer each question? Ask or up to three. tells you which one is the best course of action. Oh, so okay. we, like, present it with our three choices. Three choices. Okay. Yes, and it tells you this is the best of those three. If your three choices were, should I shoot myself, should I hang myself, should I jump off a bridge, it will tell you which of those three is the best options, even though all suck. And okay. in the same, same way, mm-hmm. all three could be good. It's just going to tell you which one is the best of the three. I'm thinking if there's a better option for the third one, because I guess my thought is if we ask, you know, do we just stay, or is there a difference between staying and do we need to stay and protect Boothal from some harm? You know, is there going to be... What harm are you foreseeing when you know, having? Is this in character discussion? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think the uh, some of the implication is that there's already some political maneuvering from his relatives. I don't know if there would be an attempt on his life. Is it our job to protect Boothall in this place? Perhaps not, I'm... but... Hey, at if least we... then he's finally be able to use his healing powers. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that wasn't really I am... I do have to wonder about why we were given the task of bringing him here. Is it our fate to protect him? Is there more that needs to be done? Is this power that Aerith has derived directly from the Raven Queen? No. It's something all invokers have. Well, I guess I'm asking TJ. Is your power granted by your your deity? No. Our power predates the deities. The invoker's power, to be more precise. You want me to read it to you? I can read what it says. Are you asking me? I'm letting you guys talk, because I think everything that you're saying is fine. The the gods (laughs) who inhabited the astral sea warred with the primordials of the elemental chaos, the mighty beings he shaped, blah, blah, blah. No other mortal servant of the gods can claim the same kind of power, which is that they believe the greatest of the gods, mortal agents in the war that in the war that were invokers, imbued with a fragment of the god's own might. Huh. Through rites of investiture, Avengers clerics and paladins gain the ability to manifest echoes of that power, uttering careful prayer and channeling 
divine energy through their holy symbols. You, however, channel your God's power directly. No mere symbol can contain it, for you speak the words of creation, shaping the universe to your will and your gods. There you go. Okay. So this is not a Raven Queen thing? Not specifically, no. I mean, any invoker, in theory, if I made another invoker character, I would also start off with Hands of Fate. Right. And I'm I'm just saying, I'm not saying that this power is specific to being a Raven Queen thing. I'm saying for Aerith, like, is the answer you're getting, like, is this a way we might think we would be communicating with, like, home base or whatever? That's a TJ question. Who's probably only, like, quarter listening right now. No. I was, <laughs> no, no, no. Again, he's you back to were changing giving names. a very clear explanation of what you thought, the, like, the basis of the power was. And I think you were answering, you were trying to answer Paul's question, but I, you know, I think that Paul re-asked his question just now in a way that got to the point of what he was saying, which is basically like he understands that the invoker power isn't necessarily that, but he's interested as in whether or not, you know, for Aerith, it's related to the Raven Queen. Well, it just depends on what you think rituals are, because it's not as if this ritual is exclusive to anything. So, right. so I'm looking... That means that, that means that means that, like, the wizard who takes this, are they communicating with a god, even if they don't believe in one? Well, so, I mean, because that's not where the answers are coming from. So what I was looking at... But the, but you could have different characters doing the same three, thing... I know. ...by different means. Correct. So is it... it I, I guess I'm asking for Aerith, is no, this power... No, if I, if, if I have any say in it, the answer would be no. Okay. Yeah. It would just be a generic power of the gods, not a god, specifically. That, like, fate is greater than even the gods. Like, it's... There may be gods that have to do with fate and chance, but it exists almost beyond them, is the way I think Aerith would look at it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that this does not have to be something that comes directly from the Raven Queen, which I think answers Paul's question. Yeah. So. So we don't really know of any way that we can actually communicate back. Is that true? Yeah, like the ravens we get. But at one point we got a raven and then Boothel did something, like a little ritual thing, and sent a smoke signal. Oh, that's right. We could ask him to send another one. (laughs) But they didn't get, you don't have like a lieutenant manual. I wasn't given one. <laughs> it's true. He wasn't. Yeah. So the three questions. I think we need to talk to HR. Leave, stay. Yeah. Or stay and protect Boothel. Or assist Boothel. Or. Okay. Perhaps uh, we should, before attempting this, ask Boothel if there's a way for us to receive direction from the Raven Queen. Perhaps we should. And and. Aerith says to Fan, you're very set on only hearing from one particular god, in this case the the goddess, the Raven Queen. The Hand of Fate answers questions uh, which possibly have a scope beyond that. Why are you so insistent on only being able to hear from one versus all the gods? I'm only saying we should hear from the Raven Queen because that is who we are in service to. Presumably our first obligation is to the Raven Queen. 
before all others. So I just want to point out something really quick, unless, because I don't want to spend too much time on this if I'm right. Hand of Fate is a level four ritual. Yep. And according to what I'm seeing, each ritual has a level. You have to be that level or higher to perform the ritual. Oh, so I can't even cast it? Well, I think you. Stupid. Well, I think. Yeah, why would they give it to you then? Why would they but, give it to you at level one when you can't use it to level four? Yeah, I think just the implication is that well, it you does, don't have to worry about buying get, it. Right, I do get one first level ritual on top of Hand of Fate, so that does actually fit. It just it sucks. No, then that solves the whole dilemma. Then yeah, then we never had okay. this conversation. Yes, we never had the conversation. Well, I think or, we, or can we, have, do, we can have it saved for later. So that and, he, and he tries it, and then nothing happens. We're like, huh? What do you do about that? <laughs> it's like it's like using the Ouija board, where it just sits there in the middle. <laughs> you mean? Are we supposed to touch it? it? No, don't touch it. <laughs> so yeah, I think. Then we need to go find Boothel then, but later because he's busy now. So, uh, the day passes on. Are you guys staying in your space, exploring the keep, exploring the city? Then yeah, let's go look at the city. Okay. Let's explore. Okay. We have some spending money. So, like I said, so there's the keep. And uh, if you guys walk out the front door, the front gates of the keep, to your right, there is a bridge that leads directly into the opposite wall. The only other way off this top level are stairways that go down to the artisan level so there's your first choice do you want to go across the bridge or do you want to stay on the art or do you want to go down to the artisan level Ooh, choose your own adventure mm. this I whole game is choose your own adventure <laughs> i think it's a swift push for <laughs> from uh Aerith to kafan's back to see if he can just jump to one of the other levels if you push him off he'll just fly why i thought you only had one wing what? So anyway, what's your choice? Was it a broken wing? <laughs> Did I teach you how to fly again? <laughs> Let's go down I, and look at the artisan level first. Yeah, I'm letting Gwen decide. Okay. So you can take any one of the two sets of stairs, I guess. Well, no, the drawing has more. You can take any one of the three sets of stairs down to the artisan level. Wait, is there a drawing we could be looking at? There's one that I'd wanted to... Uh, make adjustments to and then put on, but I didn't have time. So oh. no, there is not. Sorry. He spent too much time coming up with names. He's going to change. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rumi, Ruli. Oh, I just can't get it. <laughs> so uh, you go down to the artisan level. Uh, like I said, most of the buildings here are homes with some sort of workshop attached to them. There are not really storefronts necessarily. There are signs indicating what can be found inside. So as you walk through the path, because really it's just like one row of houses. It's just, you know, a row that goes like all the way around this arch. There are several smithies and there are jewelers or i'm sorry there's 
a jeweler. There are a couple tailors, furniture makers. I don't know, is there anything in particular you're looking for? Mostly not, but I think I'd be kind of trying to get an idea of like where we'd be able to get uh, rations and supplies for our, when we travel again and when it's time to leave. So you're looking for like a general store type of place? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, actually... Unless somebody see. has something specific they're looking for. No, but I was going to tell Gwen, like, it's not something could Kafan could do, but he might ask Gwen, like, see if you can get a, just maybe engage people in conversation so they will mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what the sort of feelings are surrounding... Sure. Boothol taking over, possibly, mm-hmm. after an absence and stuff. I don't know. We can definitely try to do that if we can engage the shopkeepers in conversation. So, to Matt's question, uh, you don't see anything that looks like a general store. Okay. And it's actually the jewelers. They eat stones. Mmm, delicious. And then... To Paul's point of looking for uh, people to talk with casually. Do you want me to make like an insight? Um, well, I was going to say the uh, the streets are pretty busy of people coming and going. Not like yesterday, whereas yesterday people were like, there was sort of like an air of industry, like people were walking from their building to somebody else's, perhaps to borrow something, perhaps to loan something, perhaps to trade something. Today, there's a little bit more somber air. People leave, but when they do, they head towards the stairs that lead down to lower levels. Um, Obviously, the people that are out and about are out and about only to go to the visitation, not to go and have a chat with their neighbor. At least not right now at this time mm-hmm. of day. So are the shops even, like, open? Well, so so like I said, you know, they aren't so much shops as much as they are workshops. Yeah. There aren't, like, big windows. Now, if you're asking, like, are there wide open doors, like, that are inviting people in? No. Most of the businesses... Uh, the door is closed and there's no candlelight coming from the window, coming through the window. There's, we'll say, a cobbler who has his door open and we will say a jeweler who has her door open. Let's go see the cobbler first. Because that's what this group needs more of. Mm-hmm. Shoes. <laughs> Okay, so you enter the cobbler's shop, and uh, he looks at you and uh, looks immediately, like, at your footwear. He's obviously very concerned. that like, our eternal souls? <laughs> what? Never mind, keep going. He's obviously very concerned, like, if one of the big guys needs shoes, you know, if you're, if they're, if the guy, if they're the ones that you're looking for footwear for, he cannot help you. And if it's the lady, well then, maybe if he's lucky. 
And uh, when he sees that Aerith is the one that doesn't have shoes, he's like, "I'm. Are, are you looking for a pair of shoes, sir? I don't have anything immediately. I'd have to uh, spend some time working on it. No, I'm good. Oh, <laughs> I just assumed you, you don't have shoes. That's okay. He uh, prefers being free. We just wanted to browse your wares and see what your stock was like. Oh, okay. Uh, are you looking for anything in particular? Are you looking for a work boot or perhaps a slipper? Uh, something better for long walks. So he said, okay, well, uh, let me show you. And he walks you over to a chest with drawers that pull out and... Um, he pulls out the bottom drawer very far, and the next one a little bit far, and then the top one just a little bit, so that they're sort of staggered. And you know, there's shoes of various sizes, but they're all like you know walking boots. And uh, so he's like, "Well, th- this should give you an idea of what type of shoe I have that I'm capable of producing." I'll uh, look through them and make small talk about. Uh all the things that have been going on and say we've been traveling and we didn't know about the king you know try to see if I can get him talking about you know like what they think is going on and okay as the small talk turns to more heavy topics he says yes Kral Rex was a good leader and we certainly hope that his wife will be as good are you not concerned about her ability to rule uh, I don't know what your people do but us dwarves have no problem with women leading us uh, I'll try to give no, makes no matter to us we've had plenty of female rexes and male rexes I'll try to give Kafan a look like like hold off a second and I'll ask him like <laughs> Do any of these shoes come in blue? <laughs> I, K- Kifan was never told, like, this is secret information. I don't, right? yeah, I don't think we no, were. None of you were ever specifically yeah, uh, told yeah. that it's secret. Yeah. That's what I was well, trying to give you a look, is that maybe they're not supposed to know. Did so, you give Aerith the look? <laughs> <laughs> no, I figured it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Good call. I'll thank him for his time and say, perhaps we'll be back before we leave. Uh it looks like you have fine shoes. Thank you. If if you'd like, I could take your... I could do a drawing of your foot to ensure that the shoe is a perfect fit for you. Okay. He has you sit down and take off whatever shoe you're wearing and then uh, does a drawing of your foot on a sheet of paper, put your shoe back on, does it on the other side as well, and then... Uh, before he hands you back that shoe, he uh, puts his hand inside of it and sort of feels around and says, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he makes a couple X's on each of the feet, drawings, outlines that he did, and then helps you slide it back on. Yes. Well, I have these, and uh, I have to be making some new shoes anyways. I can make a pair that would fit you well. You're certainly not obliged to 
purchase them. However, well, like you I know, said, perhaps they'll be we'll here be back for you. Well, thank you. Have a nice Are day. Uh, we'll leave. And what was the other store? I believe I said the other store was a jeweler. Jeweler. Okay. We can go in, go in there and look. Okay. When you walk in, there is a extra petite dwarven woman behind a counter. That's something you never hear. Uh, Pet- and petite dwarf standing mm-hmm. next to the dwarf. Or I'm sorry, standing next to the door is the exact opposite of the lady. It is a extra tall, extra wide, extra muscly uh, dwarven guy with a cudgel and uh, he just sort of sits lazily by the door on the inside of the shop and the woman says ah are you looking to buy or sell my dear Uh, possibly looking to buy interesting interesting and she uh, she approaches you um, there is not like imagine a modern day jeweler like with a glass case. There is none of that crap going on mm-hmm. here. Like this is a workshop, and uh, there are tools like a jeweler's loop and uh, a couple of sizing devices, and then like there are some like heavy duty machinery type tools, like for chiseling and cutting and fastening. But she walks up to you and says. Yes, yes. I believe... And she looks closely at your eyes. Yes, I believe sapphires will do quite nicely. What were you thinking, my dear? I wish to see uh, some of your work, if you had some available, to see what you do. Uh, As you may have guessed, we're not from around here. I work with both the goldsmith and the silversmith. I let them do the large-scale pieces, the uh, necklace chains, the rings themselves, whether they're designed or not. I simply handle the fittings and the jewels that go inside the fittings. I see. But um, she's like, but I can I can pull you out a, an example of a ring or a necklace from both shops and uh, give you an example of how some of my stones might look in them. Yes, I would like that very much. So she sets about finding a gold ring and a silver ring. And one's a... The gold is a very thin band. The silver ring is thicker and has some sort of pattern engraved into it. Both the necklaces are basically just chains. And uh, she shows you how a uh, sapphire might look mm-hmm. set into either of the rings or as part of a pendant hanging off one of the chains. Yes, very nice. And I'll start talking with her. Like, yeah, I admire your uh, ability to continue uh, going to work and your resolve, uh, even in the face of such a tragic event for your people yes well I assumed that most everyone would be going early 
I thought that it would be best to do what I could around my shop, tidying up, taking care of paperwork and the like, perhaps do a run up to trading town before I came back and uh, went down to pay my respects this evening. That sounds like a very busy day. Well, I, uh, I, I, I began my vigil last night like everybody else. And so I, I did lose some time that I normally would be working yesterday. So I have some things to catch up on. But trading town is not so far that it constitutes a long day. Well, it sounds like the, uh, the Rex was loved by his people. Yes. He did a fair job protecting us. And, uh, you know, it was, I'm sure, very hard when uh, when he lost his son. But he went ahead and cared for us all the same. He did not let the darkness overtake him when that happened. We only hope that Ioli Rex will continue guiding us as gently as and kindly as she seemed to when her husband had the reins. This is too bad he could not last until his son returned. Yes, but who knows how much longer it would take for his son to return. But Boothel has returned. She she looks surprised. How 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 do you how do you know of this? I haven't heard any word. But we arrived with him. Oh my. Um, she like smooths the front of her dress and like tries to make herself look a little bit more presentable. Like she certainly was in no way sloppy before, but she's just, and she's not improving anything, but she's just making the effort now and like, oh well, how, how is the, how is Boothel? He's had a uh, hard journey of his own, but I think he is glad to be back. Well, hopefully he can provide strength to his mother. I hear that she hasn't been feeling well lately and that the king's or that the Rex's niece has been acting as regent at the uh, various official events these past few days. I wonder if that will end now that Boothel's here. I wonder if he will act as regent until his mother as well. Perhaps he will. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we must get going to attend to some duties of our own. But You do lovely work, and you have lovely uh, gems here. She can see that there's not going to be much of a sale, and a little bit of her smile fades away. Yes, well, have a nice day. And a little bit of her middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) And a little bit of that guy's cudgel comes out. (laughs) Gross. Chicka chicka bow wow. So, then you guys leave. Okay. Uh, Where should we head next? Seems interesting that they have not told the people that Boothel has returned. Mm -hmm. Perhaps his leaving was similar to what we experienced when he first came in the caves. Perhaps he's not as loved as we just assumed that he would be. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the 
cousin who is now regent uh, doesn't want anyone to know so that they could retain some power. Or perhaps they're just busy with the uh, arrangements for the ceremonies for the Rex. But you'd think that news of yes, that's, that's what the return of the sun would, would spread pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere else you'd like to explore? We could take the other turn. Okay. Like backtrack, TJ. What, I'm sorry, what do you take... mean by other turn? You offered us a choice. Do we want to go oh, to Oh, like this? when you first left the keep, you could take the bridge? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys head back up the stairs, leaving the artisan level, headed to the keep level, and then you take the bridge into a tunnel. That tunnel opens up into what is essentially football stadium dome-sized cavern. And inside this expanse, there's like sort of a central avenue running through it. And there's, you know, on the opposite end of you, a, uh, well, actually, I guess it's not so much on the opposite end of you, but on the opposite end of the cavern, but not quite straight across. There is a, another tunnel leading out further. Um, but inside this cavern, there are several shops. And these are like, clearly shop shops like there are big windows for you to look into here you actually start to see that there are some non-dwarves uh walking around maybe we'll find a general store here this is the the trade level that she was talking about right this is the uh, like trading town yeah you want to go look in the trading town sure why not okay I mean, yes. Let's go yes. to the That sounds it's great. more solemn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, less perhaps. enthusiastic about anything. A thousand lifetimes of shopping. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You wanted to look for a general store? Yeah, I think so. Just so we had an idea of where to locate one. You find one. It is sort of midway between the two tunnel entrances. Uh, it's one of the larger buildings in the town. All right. I might go in and kind of inspect some of the things that they have, you know, make sure that they'd have, you know, rations or whatever else we're going to need for when it's time to go and get an idea of prices. So. Okay. I'll look um, for poorly made local merchandise, like, you know, for the local softball team or something. Okay. I go... <laughs> Bad T-shirt, a bumper sticker to slap on the side of your axe. <laughs> what? The hematite hammers. <laughs> so, Matt, that they do have lots of different kinds of rationy, trailing mix type foods, different than what you found in Iran. Oh, they have fudge here. <laughs> so different looking stuff, but. Since you are a traveler, none of this is completely unfamiliar to you. And as far as prices, nothing here is unreasonable. In fact, it might be a little less expensive than some of the food that you bought when you were in Oran. Okay. I don't remember how... I think you guys were saying like you had about 10 gold left a piece. So, I mean, certainly for one or two, you could get a week's worth of rations. Alright, I'll hold off on doing that, but 
Yeah, I kind of wanted to get an idea what they had. So. And uh, to answer your question, Paul, uh, they do have balls in a cup. Okay. Or ball in a cups, balls in the cups. They're concerned they about of, safety. They have lots of toys. The toy type <laughs> is ball in a cup. Okay. Anything else you guys want to look at while you're up here? Not I. No. Okay. Then we'll say that you kind of just hang out in the town for a little bit. Then you head back to the keep and hang out until the evening. Or did you want to look around in different parts of town? Hmm, we could zoom to the evening. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you guys spend the rest of your day in the keep, then you will have lunch there and you will have dinner there before Boothel returns. And that's where we're going to have to cut this episode. What news will Boothel have to share? Join us next time on Entropy Rising. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at LTMGaming or visit us online at LTMGaming.com. <laughs>